Hello and welcome to TBC Equipped. We are a ministry of Trinity Baptist Church in Norman, Oklahoma. Designed as a resource to equip you to engage with people and evangelize the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. My name is Curtis Winkle. I'm here with Ryan Polk. Hello, Ryan. Hey, what's going on? What's up? It's, uh, let's see, Sunday, April 26th as we record here, Sunday afternoon. And we're going to try a new style of podcast today where we um, discuss and digest the sermon um, that Ronnie has preached this week. So uh, you want to give a little bit about just kind of why we wanted to do this? Yeah, we just thought it would be helpful for us because uh, we, we find ourselves doing this, you know, talking about it during the week. And we think those kinds of spiritual conversations are really good. Um but the more that we have them, the more application comes out, the more we kind of challenge one another. And so that's kind of the goal as, as we do this. Maybe it could be something to encourage you, uh, something that would help with application. Uh, maybe even, you know, something that your small group could use or something like that that would just uh, uh, help us just think more deeply. You know, Ronnie spends hours and hours and hours studying and preaches for 45 or 50 minutes. And then for far too often of us, that's it. Yeah. It ends right there, and so if we can just think a little more about what God might be wanting to teach us, that you know, this maybe this will help do that. Yeah, I, I read an article a few years back. It was titled uh, "A Sermon Was Great." Now let's talk about something else. That's so, right. yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's let's chew on this for a little bit longer as as uh, the word's been preached. So what is our response going to yeah. be? Um, so this morning and this week, kind of a unique week, we're going to be talking about fasting. And Ronnie uh, taught uh, this morning on what it means to fast, gave some definitions and a lot of different scriptures. And uh, anything strike you, anything stick out uh, as something you hadn't heard before, maybe? Yeah, I was thinking about it driving home from church, actually, just like this may be the first message I've ever heard preached on fasting. I was trying to think, Hmm. uh, I think I've heard it like done historically, you know, like Jesus, when referencing Jesus did it or something like that. but. You know, like an, as far as like explanatory deal, here's what it looks like, here's why we do it, um, kind of a theology of fasting. <clears throat> I think this may be the first one I've ever heard. So in that sense, it was really unique. Yeah, same for me. I, uh, yeah, have I ever heard one of fasting? I don't, I don't know that I have. I haven't I really thought about it a, a ton. I've done it over the years a few times just in, you know, different circumstances have come up and, and, uh, felt the Lord kind of calling to it, calling me to it. But, um, um, yeah, no, it was, it was really good. So, uh, he, I thought what I'd do is just kind of, I've got my notes in front of me. So I thought I'd just kind of look at some of the things that really stuck out to me and just, uh, kick them over to you if that works. Yep. Let's do it. Um, all right. So one of the things he, he talked about was it's not a, it's not a, a means to get things from God. Um, or an end in itself. So I think what he's getting at is, um, yes, we can go and we can ask and plead with the Lord, but um, fasting in itself is like recognizing, okay, I need more of God. Like that's the yeah. ultimate end, right? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, the the reminders that, that it's going to give us, so it's not like if I fast, God will answer, but it is the recognition of his power, of his ability, of his desire to meet with us. And so we're putting ourselves in a greater position, I think, to really be closer to him, um, to, to even know what to ask. I think that's an important thing that comes from this also. Yeah, elaborate on that a little bit. Well, I mean, 
you know, Ronnie's talked a lot, you know, last week, the prayer on conditionals and all this stuff. You know, there's things that God's going to do if we'll just ask. And, uh, but that doesn't always mean that we're asking for the right things either. And a lot of our asking for the right things or for the, you know, if you just want to use a verse, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. There's a lot of desires in my heart probably that, that God has no desire to answer. Right. Um, so that verse really becomes true as my desires become his desires. And I think that happens the closer we are to him. And so fasting brings us into that position to to really be more open, maybe more sensitive, maybe just doing it more, you know, just different ways to be closer to him, I think. Yeah. So our, our desires are more like his, our yeah. wants are more like his yeah. and the things that we the ask for. The aligning of our will, you know, to where we are wanting what he wants for us. And Yeah. I, we did a, a session with our youth a few months back and... Um, I had a few of our leaders up there, and Grady Lynn was one of them, Melissa Mingle, another. And uh, one of the questions that we was uh, kind of ask us anything. One of the questions was, "What's some advice you'd give, or maybe something that that stuck with you over the last, you know, year since you've been out of high school?" And Grady said, uh, "The the malleability of your desires, just that that mm-hmm. your desires uh, aren't just some, kind of some ephemeral thing that you don't have a lot of control over, but you can train your desires and the Lord." you know, as, as you spend time with them and in his word and so on, uh, can change your desire. So I thought, that's good. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, he gave some different reasons in the scriptures. I thought that was interesting that it's not, um, uh, it's only commanded once. I think he said, yeah. uh, in the old Testament Leviticus, uh, but other reasons that you see, um, see it done in the scriptures. So distress, war, sickness, uh, mourning. Yeah pestilence um and then uh, uh he moved into talking about just the the sense this keeps the lord keeps working me over on this deal about uh security and, the, and where i find my uh comfort and solace and in, in uncertain times and so it being you know do i have this amount in the bank you know what are we going to do if xyz and so on so he he said whatever uh whatever security you have this thing has taught us whatever security you think you have can be gone in, a, in an instant. Right. Um, and things can change like that. So Yeah, I thought it was really interesting, too, that deal about uh, only commanded once, but we find it so just woven throughout the Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. I can't think of really anything else that's like that, that's com- that's not a commanded thing that we find happening so regularly. Yeah. Which I think makes it really unique. And again... Um, you know, I, I know Ronnie is really big on this, like that it's not a, he's not commanding us and, and, you know, we have to follow kind of our conscience on this, Yeah. but y- you do see a pattern of it happening throughout the scripture as it seems to be a part of the lives of people who follow God. And it really hadn't been for me. I mean, this is, you know, it's like you said earlier, you know, I've done it a handful of times and not on a frequent basis. Yeah. And, um, and so... We see, so you, you've done a lot of patristic reading and early church stuff. I mean, do you see it's kind of, yeah, I think it's even there, you know, I, yeah, I think so. You know, I'm kind of, it's a curious thing. I wonder like where it kind of fell out of, uh, yeah, out of practice. Certainly monastic movements and sort of, yeah. Yeah. You you would think so. Yeah. The car alarm. That's fun. That's good. Um, I didn't know that the days and nights divided into four parts. I'd never studied that. As you I didn't either. encountered that, yeah, huh. no, 
It's an interesting deal. The first time I heard it actually was like a couple of staff meetings ago when he was walking through it with that. Uh, yeah, trying to explain to us how, how this would look like. Because huh. I was giving him a little bit of a hard time uh, telling him how convenient it was for my Wednesday night Bible study that he picked that time <laughs> for it to end. So <laughs> there'll be a big line to, to come to Bible study when they haven't eaten in 24 hours. You know? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, you'll, you'll be... Uh... Yeah, they'll have a big plate of food in front of them. That's while right. Well, I mean, at I mean, six o'clock. I think this is great for us to do, but notice that we didn't end the fast at ten forty on a Sunday on a morning. Sunday right? morning, good yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, one thing I noticed he didn't say is how much we can eat on Tuesday, right? So right. I can I can load up. Right. Um, okay. Uh, he said, "Don't feast when things are going great." Jesus says, "Don't feast." Yeah. While the bridegroom is here, we don't we don't or no fast. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, we feast when the bridegroom is here, which I I I love uh, wedding food, like little like going around and just not just the cake, but like little smokies, sausages, uh, quiches, all, all kind. I, I love like snacking, and so you know, all kinds of. Anyway, um, so don't fast when things are going great. But I thought that was interesting because we talk a lot about. Don't let circumstances affect your walk with God, but it seems in one sense that we are given, you know, a picture of what to do when certain things come up, or at least yeah. examples that believers have done over the years in these specific areas and, and circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, same deal, you know, and I remember, you know, we read the gospels through so many times and Jesus saying, you don't fast when the bridegroom's here, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, but I think it's just the connection that that's just the connection like he brought out this morning over and over and over about when you see it happening you know it seems to be an activity that god reserves for like in our in our weakest moments yeah. you know in in the most dependent or yeah. you know when we're and and so that's that's a such an interesting deal uh and i don't know what the i don't know what like the flip side of that would be like what does that mean is happening when the bridegroom is there you know like when we, you know when we're finding joy maybe you know, maybe, I don't know, it's just an interesting yeah. phenomenon of like, maybe our worship's better or something, you know, maybe maybe this is done to draw us closer to God because we're having trouble with that. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what are the circumstances, or is that circumstantial or is that when you're close to the Lord? Yeah. That's right. what you're getting at. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, what else stuck out here? The, um you mentioned this a minute ago, but I thought he, Ronnie did a really good job of this, of explaining that uh, this is not a direct command. You don't. We're not saying you absolutely yeah. have to do this. Uh, you're not more spiritual if you do this for 24 hours versus four hours. Um, we earn or we, we don't earn right. um, God's favor. That's grace alone. And so, um, uh, so he says it arises out of a heart to seek God. Um, not a test of spirituality. Uh, he said it can be personal or corporate. I was trying to think through. So, I mean, you got Esther. Where else it happens, like, corporately. But Well, I mean, even a little bit in the example, right, that he read uh, uh, with Nehemiah. I mean, I, yeah, think you find, right. I think you find a couple times in, in Nehemiah and Ezra where it's going on. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think that can definitely be the case. Yeah. And a lot of times I think... Several times in the scripture when Israel was called to repentance, you know, they would repent with sackcloth and ashes, mm -hmm. and some of the fasting would go along with that even. Yeah. 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 
There's an option to go 40 days, he said. If You going to try that? I'm not. Okay. No. I'm uh, hoping to make it the 24. That's, uh, man, that is something. Yeah. yeah. Karen and I were talking about that at lunch, you know, today, just like uh, what it would, uh, you know, like, man, how intense would that be, mm. you know, and and all that. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. What would your, yeah. Um, okay. So he moved over to kind of the purpose for fasting. He gave what, seven, eight. Yeah. He gave eight and then he kept going a little bit, yeah. but, uh, but, uh, purposes for fasting. So, um, I'll mention these and then just slow down on a couple, but yeah. so one, uh, seeking him in person, uh, seeking him a person about our relationship. So we talk about meditating on the word of God working it over in our, in our hearts. And, um, so, so looking first at us before we look outward, seeing what he would convict us about some of those things. Number two, to know his will need so much wisdom during this time about, um, you know, for us, for our family, you know, work-wise going out in public, wearing masks, um, mentioned you guys specifically, uh, trying to make these decisions at a church level. Yeah. Um, what is his will in this? What, what, what's the wise path? Um, number three, forgiveness. Uh, he said, you may find yourself just as you're fasting, uh, different things, the Lord's convicting you about, um, throughout the day as the spirit prompts you. So, so asking for forgiveness, number four, uh, power for his, uh, for him to act. So that's one of the biggest reasons it seems right now that we're, we're drawn to this idea that Ronnie's leading us in this. It's like, man, we want God to, to do something and to get rid of this disease, to get rid of this virus. Um, through natural or supernatural means. Um, and he drew on this point. He said that only his people can go into his presence and yeah. act while, while doctors and researchers and so on can take these measures and use all the natural resources that we have uh, in our, our minds. Um, I think that's such a good point, too. I was reading an article over the weekend about how, and Ronnie hit on this today, about you know, in our quest to be young, and then you carried that through about not to die and to put so much hope and trust in science and all these things. And now you have something that's really confounding that. And so like what we've done is we've run to doctors and we've run to researchers to try to give us all the answers and give us everything. And so it's not to belittle or, or make little of that. I mean, we're so thankful for the work that's being done. Yep. But as believers, we can say, but we also understand there's a, there's a completely spiritual component. You know, so... You know, even their day, I was watching a deal where the governor of New York, you know, made the statement of like, you know, because the numbers were lower than initially. And he was like, you know, God did not do this. You know, this happened because of X, Y, and Z, and it was very human factors. And um, and so I think for God, just this call for God's people to say, listen, we know who you are. Yeah. We know who God is, right. what he's able to do, capable of. For us not to dedicate time to pray would just be... Yeah. would just be really you know foolish almost yeah so. uh, yeah responsibility yeah almost, that's right yeah, to, to care for others yeah uh number five um intercede for for nation church and family for protection um and this is we were talking about this uh, before um he, he talked about this as a spiritually dangerous time um that we're not meeting together what do you think yeah. you meant by that exactly yeah i thought that was a really i mean uh, I know his message was about fasting and calling us, but that, that thing I thought was one of the most uh, kind of subtly important things that he mentioned in the message. And uh, because I just think, you know, there's a lot being said, you and I have talked about this, you know, we make the theological statements sometimes, well, you know, the church isn't a building, it's a, it's the people. 
but it's the it is the gathered people you know when we talk about local churches and so when we're not able to do that you know just the week in and week out constant care that we're able to give to each other the the constancy of of making an effort to come and be a part of this to hear the word to participate in worship so i mean we've all said this in different ways but you know we're doing the very best we can to do this online but every and everyone i think is thankful for that but it's a it's at best a very poor substitute and it does allow for you know i i another article there's just so many articles that are coming out on this yeah. right now but you know someone wrote one called you know spiritual social distancing and it was the idea of you know during this time you know those who you know we sang the song about being prone to wander well wandering's just a lot easier right now yeah you know you don't have the fellowship of believers you don't have you know the connections you don't have the people that you see yeah. just normally and so i i think it is a spiritually dangerous time where uh you know, if you are a person who finds yourself kind of on the fringe of your of the church body, sometimes it's just a lot easier not to not to participate right now. Yeah, and uh, and those are bad habits. You know, we're we're setting a lot of habits. You know, for the future during this time, I think. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you're you're isolated in any yeah. way, uh, yeah, sin is crouching. Right? That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. No, is that's a really interesting kind of anthropological thing he was getting at, which is that we we need to be together physically. Right. You know, you and I have talked about technology and Neil Postman and some of those things, which is how, how uh, distracted you can be watching through a screen and yeah. how different that experience is than sitting in a room with someone, yeah. you know, and there's much more uh, respect and patience and, and um, engagement. That's right. Uh, I say this as dealing with four kids, you know, trying to st- keep them engaged in the mornings. Um, yeah. On, on the screen versus actually in the presence of uh, God's well, people. And I think another aspect that comes out in this a little bit is there is a seriousness and, and a, a discipline of being in awe of who God is that I think is a little bit easier when we're worshiping in person yeah. and when we are hearing the preached word in person. It, it's like... In, in some ways, it's like a vacation. If you watched a movie about the Grand Canyon, it's not the right. same as seeing a movie. I mean, seeing the Grand Canyon. Right. And so, you know, that's what we're doing through song and prayer and preaching is trying to paint the most vivid portrait of who God is. And we're doing that in person together. Right. Whereas even through a screen with the same things happening, right. it's just it's it's just a level removed. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think that's hard. Yeah. And maybe yeah. not something that we've given enough attention to. I mean, I know even on some of these meetings that I've had, you know, and you've done tons and tons of them, you know, there is a laid backness that's that's just built into something that you're doing yeah. via this form of meet, you know, of communication. Yeah. And that's not that's not bad necessarily, but right. it, it can it can be a hard part with the church. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it almost becomes a. We we have questions right about like okay is this is this is this meeting together is this right. a sermon if no one's physically there in yeah. the same room or is this teaching and we're listening you know? yeah that's right anyway that's really an interesting aspect of this deal but but yeah so he says it's a, a spiritually dangerous a dark time because it's not normal for us not to be getting together yeah um, for worship instruction fellowship hugs you know um so uh yeah and i think i saw it on rick harvey's facebook page last week where he mentioned something about the garden 
the garden mandate about it's not good for man to be alone, we almost always immediately connect that with marriage. Mm-hmm. But the idea was that, you know, it's got broader societal. I mean, immediately after marriage, you find children in society. I mean, the idea, uh, you know, the, you know, the, being alone is not just man from a woman. It's, it's one to another as well. And I think that's an important thing for us to remember. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I have, keep having the experience of like finishing my day and, just going, gosh, I'm so tired of looking at it. like it's not it's not at all the same as being with someone, meeting yep. with them uh, over the screen. Thankful as we are for the technology, right. yeah, um, it's it's kind of taxing. Um, all right, so that was number five. Number six was revival. Pray for revival, and he pointed to Psalm one nineteen and phenomenal um, psalm to pray through, read, meditate on. Um, number seven was uh, salvation of the lost. So. Um, a real you mentioned this earlier about uh kind of our belief as a society in doctors and medicine and and focus on on staying young and staying alive and fear of death um this is a time that everyone's thinking about mortality so a time where we can where we can share some of those things i know you uh have linked to some uh who's your one materials too that we can use during this time too but man what a what a time to engage with others and just talk about talk about Jesus and death and what what comes next. Yeah, and you know, just from like a spiritual warfare standpoint even, don't you think a little bit about like the salvation of lost people is kind of taken a back burner to to being well medically. And so uh, to me I think it's a great strategy of Satan who's convinced us right now and for massive portions of the world that our biggest need is a vaccine uh-huh. or to stay safe from this virus, and again, I don't. We're certainly not saying anything to mitigate or, or to make little of this deal, but it does. It does kind of. It can blind a little bit what the biggest need facing everyone is. Right. You know, and so as we pray and fast, that's one of the things that if it's someone who finds himself in this crisis, it's to see it bigger than just a. Yeah. A, just a virus, even you know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's a. And that's what we're doing. So he says uh, we're subjugating the flesh for the spiritual, focus on the spiritual. Like you just said, that's our biggest need, right? We've got, uh, I tell my uh, youth kids sometimes, you've got you've got an illness, you've got a sickness, and it's terminal, and there's nothing you can do about it, and it's sin. And we all deal with that. And so uh, the only source of, of healing for that uh, and redemption and life is not coming from a doctor or a vaccine. It's coming from... The, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, all right. Number eight was God's protection, of course. Uh, just praying for protection for us and for um, those we care about, and and just the world, obviously. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, just any practical things you want to give anybody? Just well, I just thought his reminders of. I, I felt like there was just a lot of pastoral concern as he laid that out for us, and I really appreciated that. Y- you know it. Four hours is better than two hours, and eight hours is better than four hours. You know, if you can't go 24, uh, you know, this is, again, not the test of spirituality, not a legalism deal, not a compare one ourselves to one another, uh, none of those things. Um, but, uh, you know, just trying to, again, with the goal being let's get closer to the Lord, so... Uh, whatever it takes for us to do that would be the key. 
And so, and then I thought also just the concern about health. Larry's in here. And uh, so again, people shouldn't feel pressure to uh, to do something that's going to be unhealthy for them. So, so your hound dogs just walked in. Yeah, my bass and hound decided to make an appearance yeah. on the podcast hey, today. Hey, Wonder how that happened. That was helpful. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll end it there. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time on TBC Equipped. Mm-hmm.